What's up, guys? Welcome back to the OGT podcast. I am super excited to have my brother, Isaac McBride, on here. If you guys don't know, Isaac was the 2019 Arkansas High School Basketball Gatorade Player of the Year. I hope I pronounced that right, had it all labeled right. I know it's a, it's a big deal. Uh, but more than anything, Isaac is an amazing follower of Christ, and he is also an amazing basketball player. Isaac, who are you? Talk, talk to me, man. Man, I'm just... Uh kid trying to live through God's purpose and plan from Little Rock, Arkansas. Sure. Um, I'm happy to my boy Caleb here uh, having me on this podcast. It's an honor for real. Um, just knowing you as a person, kind of knowing a little bit of your family and your life. I, I know you've gone through, you know, some trials and things like that, but but through God's grace, through his favor, you've been able to trust and, and cling on him. So, you know, having you doing an interview with me is probably my favorite interview that I've had. Uh, just because I know the connection uh, with you and, and, you know, the things that you've given me and the mm -hmm. blessings that you me, and hopefully I can be able to do the same. So I appreciate you having me on here and let's get it. Yes, sir. Oh, well, Isaac, I got to ask you, man, whose time are you on? Man, I'm on God's time, man. You're on God's time. That's whose time you're on, baby. That's who we're all on, man. But I got to ask you, man, uh, when did you decide and, and, this is something I want to start doing uh, because we love we love testimonies. We love talking about people's <laughs> testimonies. Uh, we love hearing people's testimonies, what God has done in their life. So I want to ask you, Isaac, when did you decide to stop living on your time and start living on God's time and why? Um, I'd probably say <clears throat> when I first got saved, I was around like six or seven. Mm -hmm. Obviously, my first interest was um, in the baptism and the baptismal and in that process. And I had a Sunday school teacher, uh, Miss Kendall, or I call it Sister Kendall. And uh, she was very, um, very prolific in the way that she was able to, she was like a legend almost in our right. church. She had been my pastor, Pastor Walker. And she basically gave me the foundation of knowing who God is, what God did for us, and, and ultimately the process and the steps to be able to be in God's family. Mm -hmm. So throughout that, uh, she told me that a proclamation of my faith would be baptism. And obviously, I asked my dad on the way from a basketball game. We were at Pinnick, which is like a boys and girls club. I've been there. I've worked out there. Yeah, in Little Rock. We were at Pinnick, and I played a game. And, you know, I'm just in the back, you know, probably sipping on like Capri Sun or something like that. <laughs> and I was just looking up at the clouds in the sky, and I just started thinking. And I asked my dad, you know, like, I want to be saved. Like, I want to be in God's family. You know, mm -hmm. Sister Kendall, how do you, how are you becoming God's family? And dad was like, oh, yeah, you, you have to be baptized. And I told him. And, and that Sunday or the next Sunday, uh, I was baptized. I don't remember the exact date. I have a folder and the video and everything. But nice. I think when I was second or third grade, that's when I started to be like, you know, I'm, I want to be fully committed and being able to grow my own personal relationship. And obviously, it's, you know, all types of turns and ups and downs and, and, and things like that. But I remember doing devotions every morning with my mom and just having that quiet time. My mom and my dad doing devotions was big for me. So that's when I was looked like this is when I would be full out and, and kind of show my life. So every opportunity that I had, whether through athletics, whether through academic success, and someone asked me, like, you know, where's your success come from? You know, I wanted to make sure I was pointing to God and most, most importantly, my Savior, Jesus Christ, our Savior. So like 
I went through my ups and downs through my journey and I'm still trying to be able to, like you perfect your craft in a sport or basketball. I want to be able to get closer to God. You know, I'm not going to be perfect or I'm not going to be, you know, sinless. But like, as my pastor says, you, you want to be sinless and less. So obviously like that's to, to the point where, you know, I want to get my fool out to God and I want to take steps and I'm not there yet, obviously, but you know, I want to be able to grow and have that yearning and, and love to be able to get there and, and, and give my fool out. I love that so much because, you know, there's so many people that assume that as soon as you accept Jesus into your heart, that everything's yeah. great after that. And it is because you have someone to lean on to when trials and tribulations hit and all that. Like you said, man, we've all been through it the past two years with COVID and stuff. But um, I want you to kind of talk about if, if you don't know, uh, there was a lot of hype out of high school because Isaac was committed to Kansas and Kansas is a blue blood school. I mean, like this. Big 12. I mean, like they're huge. Um, talk about like what happened there. And we've talked about it a lot, but just kind of uh, tell the feelings that went along with, uh, you know, going there and what happened and how God has used you since then. Yeah. I mean, that, that process, that whole recruitment process was surreal. Obviously like people know that story better than I do. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, we're in the, my living room or we're going to or, like people actually like, invest vested in that story like people tell me all the time oh this happy remember this game i'll be like i really don't but it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like i don't know like like growing up i always knew and even in my friend group like my development i wasn't always the best but i always had a knack for scoring the basketball also always had a knack for just iq always had you know vision things like that just a good feel for the game and then i was around amazing basketball minds like uh, early on, uh, Coach Coleman, John Coleman, who coaches at Hall High School, you know, Jonathan's dad, yeah. high school basketball coaching legend, five, six rings, has coached probably over 23-plus, 25-plus Division One players. Then having my dad in my corner, my uncle. So, like, I was destined to play a sport. But I said that process, going back to the process, like, the last AAU tournament, I feel like I've been killing AAU, you know, since I started playing and playing good. And, you know, it was nothing unusual. Uh, that first game, I played really bad. Then, you know, I sat down and I was literally on my knees. And I had a roommate, Sean Fudge, and he would watch me every night. And I didn't care if it was in front of him. I would get down on my knees and, and pray, God, like, I want, you know, power five. I want high major offers to let people know, like, like I'm that guy. Like, I feel like I'm good enough to be able to play at that level. I was up and honest with him. And my mom had told me, she gave me a prayer book. She said, be sincere about what you're what you're asking God because God already knows your heart. So I, I poured it out, I poured it out. Then before I played the second game, a guy came up to me, has stopped me uh, and said like, we've been seeing you work and, and it's coming. And I didn't know what he was talking about, but after that game, I, I think I went like six for six from the field, didn't miss a shot. And I had like 25 and I got calls, got an offer mid-major. Mm -hmm. And then we teach one, teach one. They have Vernon Carey, Zara Wade, uh, Trey Mann, who plays with the Thunder. Um, uh, Scotty Barnes, who's up there with Evan Moby for rookie of the year. I think I have 30 or something like that. And we lose in triple overtime. Crazy game. We're all amped up on adrenaline. So we go to McDonald's and I get a call from uh, TCU and they offer me a McDonald's. And I'm just trying to hold my excitement down because obviously yeah. that happened and you're around another group of guys and you have one mission and one goal to win the tournament, 
So you don't want jealousy to creep in. You don't want distraction. So I kept it quiet. And then that the next morning at team breakfast, they just started coming in like that. And then I think I was getting my hair braided. <laughs> and Coach Self called me and he offered me. And I got the offer in Las Vegas, but my dad didn't want to tell me because he wanted me to stay focused. And didn't that want where me you to play? I'm sorry. Was that where you played against Jalen Green? Uh, no. So that whole month, I didn't. I missed the whole month of home. I didn't come home. So the live period was June, July. Was was it? It was just all of July. I was. I went from New York, came back for literally eight hours, packed practice. Went to Orange Beach, California. We played Jalen Green and. That was insane itself. Like that's when people were starting to notice, like, oh snap, like not just like Arkansas, like yeah, we got some that can be like ranked easily nationally. So we played Jalen and then uh go to high school and stuff like that, and then had an AU tournament I do, they offered me, and then like it just seemed like the world whole world was on my shoulders in a sense. So mm-hmm. that last high school, my head was really big, you know. I felt like I had a false sense of humility. Like I would tell people one thing. But obviously, like, I felt like I was this, that, and a bag of chips, and I was just the greatest player on earth, and no one could tell me stuff. And, you know, I couldn't really see it, but obviously my parents could see it from afar. My, my sister, my siblings could see it, see it from afar, my, my family. So, like, going through that process, like, I kind of thought I didn't include God in my process as much as I should have, you know. Just like I prayed earnestly to be able to get those scholarships, I didn't pray for the direction that he needed me right. or that he wanted. And, you know, I'm not saying that the choice that I made was the wrong choice, but obviously, like, as a 17, 18-year-old, when you have everything that glitters thrown at you, you know, you start to think that it's gold, but then it's really not in, in the sense that, you know, I wasn't looking at an environment or community that, that uh, you know, believed in God. You know, I was looking for, go to the biggest school to get my name the most glory, mm-hmm. uh, the most, you know, points on a big stage so I can get the most Instagram likes, so I can get the most retweets. That's how I was thinking, really immature and not including the person who had got me there. So going through that and then, you know, committing, it was a lot of hype. It wasn't a lot of pressure basketball-wise because, once again, I just didn't think, honestly, that anybody could compete with me or stop me for 40 minutes, like, at the high school level. And yeah. so, like, that pressure. But then, like, going there, you know, I got in a state that I had never been in before, you know, I was talented enough, uh, way, way beyond talented. Coach Self actually said, like, I, I was a, a really high talent, like, really, really talented kid. He told me what his plan was uh, for me. But just getting in that state of kind of, I wasn't, you know, you know, in the right mind of, like, you know, I didn't like the environment there. It didn't really fit who I was. I'm not saying that any of my teammates or former teammates that were bad or the coaches were just that I wasn't ready for that, you know, going from a small school, private Christian school to one of the biggest universities, probably in the Midwest was different. And then that pressure of, you know, being a, a, a basketball player at KU, you know, it wasn't really the pressure of will I be able to perform because I knew I was talented enough and they offered me a scholarship. So they had plans for me and they thought I was good enough. And, um, it was just the pressure of basically living up to my expectations mixed with a little bit of theirs and also just not liking the environment. So ultimately I made the decision to leave and, you know, I got, got, got a lot of flack for it. And, you know, I was down on myself for a second, but my mom, my dad, and my sister just told me like, you cannot be down on yourself. You have to be able to get up because life continues to move on. Mm-hmm. And God's giving you a gift that you can use to further the kingdom. 
So, you know, I had to take steps and take some time off and kind of like a gap year to recollect myself, recollect yeah. my mate, you know, get up out that hole because, you know, you can't stay in that hole for much longer and, and you just can't, you got to keep continue to work on and keep going, you know, the route that God would have you. And I feel like, you know, I needed that year basically to find out more about myself and find out more about, you know, my God in the sense that he's been faithful to be able to give me those opportunities and he's going to be faithful to lead me uh, throughout that. So like Kansas for me, like I don't look at it. People had their own assumptions and let them assume. Some people think, oh, was he good enough? Oh, did he get cut? Kansas University of Kansas doesn't just offer, you know, anybody. No. Yeah. So, no. Like when people talked about, you know, me getting cut and things like that, I just looked at it as like that's kind of ignorant in the sense that like, why would you waste scholarship money if you're not looking to play a kid or yeah. to give them opportunity to be great there? And Coach Self said out of his own mouth that I was a great talent and one of the best talents he's ever seen. And I respect that for him giving me the opportunity. And I know it may feel like uh, he seems like I wasted, you know, the scholarship and things like that. But obviously, like, that just wasn't the direction I want to go yeah. into. So, like, I feel like, you know, people got to make business decisions their whole life, you know, as a as a grown man and me, like, having to grow up and have a family, I feel like there's going to be times where, obviously, like, I'm going to have to make decisions that are uncomfortable for the best of my family as a provider. So I feel like, you know, I took the step that I needed for me and for my well-doing. But just to elaborate on that, you know, Kansas doesn't really reside in a bad taste in my mouth at all. You know, I feel like God that as a step and as a learning uh, process to show that he's faithful to me throughout any type of trial. Yeah, I'll, I love that because, like, I know that like, I remember when that first happened, I did hear stuff like that. Like, I heard people saying, like, oh, like, he got cut or he wasn't good enough for this and that. And I'm like, no, I don't think that's what it is. And I remember actually talking to you and, uh, like, asking you about it. And you said, you said exactly what you just said. You said, man, the environment wasn't good for me uh I I just it didn't like fit well just because you know going from you know a private Christian university or university a private Christian high school to I mean I mean I don't even know that's huge like the campus is ridiculously huge um it was crazy like I just remember like going to class and just bodies just bumping on me and like I'm bigger (laughs) bigger than the average student there but like I just couldn't like it was just so jammed so it was a it was a process. It was it was a definitely a different experience. Yeah, and I remember, uh, you know, I, like you talk about your gap year. I've kind of had a similar experience this year because you know I transferred from A State and I wasn't able to play at the semester. And obviously, you and I are on two very different levels. <laughs> but oh. uh, but no, like I know what you're saying about the gap year thing because that's what it's felt like this year, bro. This year, this year is the first time in my entire life from November to March that I wasn't playing a regular basketball season. First time in my life. Uh, that was a tough one. Go ahead. No, yeah, I was just saying that was, that's a tough thing. Like people don't understand how hard it is. You take that gap year and then they expect you to go like to, to Vanderbilt and be some type of all-star killer in the SEC. First, and I, I, I hadn't played any competitive songs behind on the college basketball schedule. Sure. So, like, that's hard. And, like, even for you, like, I'm not saying that you won't transition into it at all because you're a competitor, you're a killer. Like, you're really good at what you do. So, obviously, like, everyone's going to have a different transition. But having that gap year is just, you know, it's up to question on how you're going to come back from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, well, I, I had a 
I actually talked to a friend yesterday at church. He told me like not to be discouraged at whatever happens just because, you know, it could go amazing or it could go not as well because, but you, I mean, that's also what the whole having an extra year of eligibility thing is for. I mean, bro, like we talked about that, like, bro, you got, what do you have? How many more years of eligibility do you have after this year? Three? Two. Two, yeah. I think two. two. Yeah. So I have a, a, a COVID year and then that red shirt year, obviously you can get back, but yeah. Yeah. But no matter like, yeah. And I've, uh, and I, I got, I guess I want to kind of transition into that because something that's been hard for me, uh, I've had to learn balance, like being an athlete in college. And uh, I guess I want to ask you, like, what, like, has it been hard for you to learn? Like, there's three things I guess I, I want to ask you, like, if it's been hard for you to learn. Number one, of course, being a Christian athlete mm-hmm. in college. Has that been hard? Like, you know, maintaining your faith while, you know, not wanting to be like everyone else, wanting to be set apart, because that's what, you know, the word holy means set apart. Yeah, I think I have that right. Don't tell me if I'm, tell me if I'm wrong. But no. also, so I want to ask you, like, has it been hard to be a Christian athlete in college? But has it also just been hard being a college athlete in general at the Division One level? So, in all honesty, there's been times and points where you really couldn't distinguish me from, you know, I guess in my mind you couldn't distinguish me from the secular athlete or college athlete. Mm-hmm. But even at, the people on my team always felt like I've always been different or they might be weird or different because yeah. they just won't do like, like the smoking, do you know, the premarital like sexual activities and stuff like that. I'm like, sorry. I'm not, you said that. <laughs> that's hard. To, that's hard to talk about. Like, I'm not saying like, you know, I haven't gotten it. Like I've never done anything like sexual before, but, or messed up in, in that terms. But I'm saying like, there's just stuff that I wouldn't do consistently like they would do. And I think what people twist it up is like God doesn't encourage the consistency of engulfing in those activities because that kind of shows that you're not trying to strive for a life that, that has some like stuff like that. And people ask me like, why don't you smoke? Why don't you vape all throughout high school, college? You know, stuff like that. You know, I'm not saying I haven't had a drink or having, you know, like gotten like tips, like being honest with you. Yeah. And like, that like but I don't do it consistently not every weekend and stuff like that like I I try to stray away from that like obviously once I got to Oral Roberts you know everyone around you is a believer you know in a sense but I have like a personal relationship and I I think if I get into like that you know I feel like Christianity isn't a work work work-based faith yeah say it again say it again for the people in the back well what I like to get into is like no um, I wouldn't say don't go into every day, you know, letting the flesh, like, obviously, every battle. But if it does, some days, and some days you do slip up, which I have many days before, but I've tried, like, to, to control it, obviously, because I'm striving for that. Mm-hmm. But, like, my parents have told me, and my sister told me, like, like, God isn't, like, looking for your performance. That's for other beliefs and, re- and religions that they have incorrect we're 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 the faith that obviously god is has already shown his his grace and mercy and love for us by sending his son to down the cross so that's the sin atonement has already been paid obviously so i believe like dwelling on if you're doing good one day if you read your bible consistently one day or mm-hmm. if you don't curse this day and god's gonna bless you for that 
or he's not going to bless you because you you messed up one day it's kind of like foolishness because that basically refutes you know grace mercy and also refutes the nature of god in a sense that this isn't a work-based faith so i would say like back to your question i would say like for me being around other athletes even in the christian environment like they just feel like you're set apart definitely at vanderbilt you know there was a lot of uh, teammates that I had that would be like, oh, he's different. Like, and they wouldn't even invite me out to like clubs and stuff like that. Cause they knew like, that's not what Isaac does. Like he either going to be in the gym or on the game or chilling like with his small group of friends. But I mean, obviously I've had those moments where, yes, I, I have like, you know, drank before I have done stuff that I, I regret, but it wasn't to the point where it was consistent, you know, to the point where people couldn't say, oh, he wasn't different or he's not set apart or if he, he's not a believer. You know, so I've, I've had that that struggle before, but I do think that like the balance part of it, like, like because of, you know, who, who I am and who I'm striving to be, I don't really have time to, you know, do that all the time. I really don't have time so, because I know like, you know, who I'm trying to represent and, and the in the life that I'm trying to live and the personal relationship that I'm trying to have with God. I feel like, you know, the diminishing action of that type of lifestyle you know kind of automatically naturally sets you apart from just the average athlete that they try to put us in the bubble but I honestly think everyone at Oral Roberts uh teammate wise like we we exemplify that in a sense you know yeah because it is like I don't remember where I saw it but I think there was something I don't know your head coach I don't even know his name but like Mm -hmm. there was a thing about like when they went to the sweet 16 like, yeah. I think that the something about the coach, like, was praying or something. Yeah. I, coach, I can't remember. One thing about Coach Mills and the coach, host coach staff, with Coach Mills especially, like, I remember he called me in, and we were supposed to talk about basketball. And we were talking about the Bible for an hour and 30. We had a conversation. Yeah. Old scripture just off the dome, like, off the noggin, like, just scripture. And it being, give me the right context, giving me, what it meant, giving me the Greek version, giving me the Hebrew, what it means in Hebrew, <laughs> giving me the NIV, giving me the King James, like he's that sharp. And I don't think there's a scripture, honestly, like I, if they put him in a scripture battle against some preachers, I honestly, no, I'm for real. Like, He'd hold his I, own. No, I think he would be better. I, I honestly think that's the one thing like people don't understand is like some of these preachers really don't know the word, like like they, you know, claim they do. Bro, obviously. We, me, and my, mm, me and my friend were having this talk today. <laughs> Because you can tell, like, the, the preachers that obviously get into, like, the, like, I want to say prosperity, but, like. Yeah, I was going to say prosperity gospel. But, but you can, if you sit back and you look at a preacher and he doesn't get into a Bible verse and he's just talking, that's kind of like, mm, mm. but Coach, Coach Mills, like, you'd be surprised, man. Like, Bro. he is, he's that guy that knows every scripture. Bro, that's, okay, that is insane that you are talking about that. Because my friend, my friend Caleb, uh, we've had him on here before. He literally texted me today. And we're not going to say names because we don't know who listening and who has different opinions or whatever. But there was a certain pastor that he called me and he was like, hey, bro, why do people say that this isn't a good pastor to listen to? Mm-hmm. And, and all I said was people say not to listen to this certain pastor because if you look at his messages, the, fir- the in the very first 10 minutes of his message, he hasn't opened the word one time. Yeah, and- I just, like, I just, I'm not saying that, obviously, God can't take a word and you can't draw something from it and it mm-hmm. can't speak. 
But I would say the consistent, if I go on Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and you only use two scriptures yeah, and you two, yeah. out of 10 Sundays that I've, I've gone, I honestly, I'm starting to be like, am I being fed from the ultimate source, which is right. the Bible? Of course, because the Bible, like, you know, um, I think it's in John that says God is the word, like Jesus is the word, like the word, like the word is literally like it's God's word and it's God speaking yeah. to us. That's how, that's the main way we hear from God through his word and through his scripture. And yeah, that's such a big thing, bro. And that's, that's how you can tell if who you're talking to really knows what they're talking. I don't want to say knows what they're talking about, but bro, if you're casually talking to somebody and they can immediately start, you know, first John 4, 18, uh, Matthew mm-hmm. 22, 37 through 39, first yeah. Timothy, what like, and like, they just like, like that you automatically know that you're the advice you're getting from someone and like somebody that's pouring into you is somebody that genuinely loves God that has studied his word and that is trying to live for him and and I love that about your coach that you said that because I just I know automatically if I'm talking to someone and they immediately start quoting verses I just I listen up because I'm like well I go search for him and just make the attempt yeah that's what Coach Mill is like. He's sharp for sure. Well, what would you say, um, like, while being in college, what would you say has been easier ways, I guess, for you to, like, get into your word and to stay accountable? Because, like, for me, like, something I try to do, like, uh, like I don't know, do you have any places up there that, like, maybe on Wednesdays or whatever, like, y'all have, like, a place you go to for a service or anything like that? Usually I, don't, I haven't gone on Wednesdays in a minute because of the practice, obviously. Oh, yeah. But I would say there's always access to Bible studies online. You can always, you know, look at chapel. Wednesdays we have chapel, so Wednesdays and Fridays we'll have chapel. Um, I would say the friends that I've actually surrounded myself around are honestly always pouring pouring into me and giving me opportunities to uh, be able to get into services, youth groups. There's a church right across the street, Victory. I, I go to that church, um, Pastor Paul Daugherty, and his father were actually like, his father was a legend as well. They do a really good job of um, kind of the young adults uh, group that they have, BYA. I'll probably start going to that more often, but I think like getting into my word in, in college and like sometimes I don't do a good job, but then there's other times, you know, mostly that I'm very consistent. I think like getting into my word, um, like going in touch devotional and I listen to a pastor, Pastor Charles Stanley. I've been listening to him. It's like our family pastor, but he's a pastor out of Atlanta. He's been doing it for a long time. He has an in touch devotion. And so I'll get to that. Then I'll look at the scripture, but obviously like anything that I feel like that's on my heart. That's like basically like going to be like a struggle for me or going to be a challenge for me mm-hmm. for that. I have, you know, ask my parents, my, my mom or dad or my sister, they'll give me a verse to ponder and dwell upon. Or like if I'm feeling like I'm going through a trial, like I'll go to, um, you know, like an excerpt in the Bible, like Daniel or David for courage or stuff like that to be able to get into work. So like challenge I'm having, that's usually what I'm focusing on for the week. Yeah. Well, um, I know we've talked about like we've talked about books and stuff, but I read a book uh, during the pandemic that changed the way I think. Uh, it's called Get Out of Your Head by Jenny. Yeah. Allen. Have you heard of that? No, I've, I've, I've 
for that one. Well, kind of what you said about your family, like giving you scripture to dwell on. Uh, she gave one of the most amazing illustrations I've seen um, on how to battle, like whatever you're going through, anxiety, depression, whatever. She said, like, this is what you're supposed to do. And I actually, I have it. Hold on. I have it right here where I've been actually doing it sometimes. Uh, it's called, and I know this is going to sound like really simple, but it's called lies and truth. Mm-hmm. And basically whatever lie, you know, you're telling yourself, like, basically, I don't know if I like, if the thoughts that are in my head is like, man, I'm not good enough. I'm yeah. not good enough to get on this stage. I'm not good enough uh, to get up and play against North Texas or whoever. I don't know, like whatever yeah. it is, it's like you write down your lie and you put like, for, for instance, like what's something you've lied to yourself about before or that you've struggled with, I guess, just something simple. It doesn't have to be crazy. Oh, it's just like, you know, like I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be able to pass prepare for. You, you're what? Like, I'm not going to be prepared for the test. Like, I'm not smart enough to okay, be able to pass. Yeah, bam. Great example. So, like, basically what you would do is you would put down lie. I'm not smart enough for this test. And then truth. And you would write out, God has made me strong. And you would put Joshua 1.9. Uh, do not be discouraged do not be afraid for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go and like yeah. you it's you like you speak that life over yourself and you pray about it and like if you still struggle like you sh- you seek out people or whatever and man that's something I'd have I've had to do um, and I know you've probably and maybe I'm wrong you probably haven't struggled too much like uh, have you ever seen people talk about like performance anxiety like have oh, you ever no, heard no. that well. really Bro, you like a killer when you're out there. You like, you like, you don't be taking, <laughs> you be taking names, bro. You don't think about nothing. That's, that is, yeah. I, I'm you glad you have, bro. I had no idea. Yeah, it's, it's, and and that's a good, good. Now that you say that, like that's something that I've been praying about God to work on. And I see, like my mom always talks about God has given us a spirit of fear. Maybe. First Timothy, what is that? Or second, I, second Timothy, is it Second Timothy? second timothy four seven first i think but it's 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 one of the verses that i had written on my on my mm-hmm. mirror second and like i had a tough time but like being honest like because you know you're the short leash i like to call it the short leash like like obviously we had scotty and we had an, uh, another guard trey was really good but like i feel like i had the short leash in the sense that if i make a mistake yeah you a, told me that when you're at vanderbilt and i just feel like that was like performance anxiety for me. That was my version. And even, even you know, the nervousness, people think like nerves are good, but the extreme amount of nerves when you know you put it. Yeah. Uh, so that was something that I definitely had to work on. So performance anxiety, yes. Like I know the boy from Baylor, uh, Matthew Meyer. Mm-hmm. You, you wouldn't think, you think he lives for moments. Oh, like, white dude? He hate. It came out on a report. He hates crowds. He has a bad case of performance anxiety. But he's, but the way he plays aggressive, the way he has short memory, uh, how great of a player he is on both. You would think he has noble, but he says he hates crowds. He hates big games because it gives him performance anxiety. Yeah. So like, I think that's more of a more common thing in athletes, even greats, than we know. It's just mm-hmm. they don't speak about it because it's a vulnerable subject. To who everyone deals with it their own way but i wanted to make sure i dealt with that in a more organic natural way yeah where it did the you know an avenue that i didn't want to go down but performance anxiety that's definitely when we talk about lies and truths mm-hmm. that's definitely that 
you know, me feeling inadequate or not, not, you know, ready for the moment is a lie that you can tell yourself, or you can go at it in a sense where I've done better this season, where if I feel like I'm not, I just go at it and play hard, as hard as I can, right. because through that, when you're playing as hard as you can, like, you don't have any thoughts of insecurity, you're competing. Oh. One thing that Allen Iverson said, and I'll just leave that this alone after that, he said, like, I'm competing so hard, I don't have time to look cool or feel like I'm messed, like, I'm, that's how hard I want to play to the point where it don't matter about the stats. They're going to come. It doesn't matter about the missed shots. If right. I'm playing hard, stuff's going to come because I'm competing. Hey, by the way, that verse is 2 Timothy 4-7. I looked it up. Oh, but yeah. yeah, But anyway, yeah, but bro, like you're saying, it's like, yes, I love that because whenever you're competing so hard, you don't have time to be nervous. And like, at, and obviously, yeah, you still do. But whenever your mindset is on that you don't think about anything else like uh I think it was I think it was Kobe that said something like if you're nervous hmm, I don't remember how he said this bro he was like if you're nervous that means that you didn't work hard enough in a certain area or something I can't remember something like that but he also was was trans oh go ahead my bad my bad no no no, you got it I feel like that translates to like he he probably gets nervous too I feel like that translates to like, uh, you can have like the nervous jitters, but like, if you're nervous, you're too busy worried about, you know, obviously your nerves more than, yeah. Bro, we were, you and you and me talked about this uh, Sunday. I can't remember when we did, but like, for me, I think I told you like, I play better when I get mad. Not when I yeah. get frustrated. There's a difference. To me, yeah, there's a difference when you get frustrated and like everything's like annoying and you're getting mad. But like, no, when I get mad, and I start working hard, like you said, I don't got time to be nervous. Yeah, you don't have like, time. Like, um, when I get mad, I'm like, I, yeah. I play better. Like, I okay, I played tonight. Uh, I wouldn't say I got mad, but I definitely hmm. – what's below mad? Whatever that is, I, I got that, and I played well. Yeah. No, for sure. I had that, that extra push motivation. So, I feel you on that one. Yeah. Well, um, like – at Oral Roberts, have you – so you said you have a good group of friends. How – I guess I want to ask you because I, I, this is something that's happened with me too. Like throughout being in college and being an athlete, do you still like have time – I don't want to say your homeboys, but like do you still have time for your boys like at home? Like do you guys ever talk or do you still connect with them or do you just not ever have time? Uh, I've kind of strayed away from some. Obviously, I know you but- and John have always been super close. Jonathan Dior's, um, those, I mean, and I'm really not trying to exclude anyone. I have really close friends that I've had in school that I've had friends, you know, but like them, them two, um, I'm going to keep it a butt. Like, like they've helped me like, so I have just a different bond with them too. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's obvious, like, but my bond with Jonathan and Dior's, Dior's, uh, it was one of my friends growing up like from childhood too, like we're, we're really close. So like, yeah, I have, I have time for my homeboys, of course, back at home. I like to keep up because that kind of gives me like when I'm not home for a long time, that kind of makes me have a, a piece of feel at home. Just talking to makes me think of times that we had obviously at home, which, which encourages me and stuff like that. When I don't get an, enough taste of home, like when I'm home sick or something like that, like I'll hit them up. So like, I have, I have friends that of course, that's cool that I have, but it doesn't compare to like, you know, their conversation is still valuable. I still love spending time with them, sure. but like, 
compared to, you know, having that feel of like, you know, your childhood, having the feel of someone that knows you the bet almost better than you know yourself in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still have time for my friends at home. Uh, yeah, that that's like even not even a question for me. I know some people that totally disconnect from everyone at home, but I don't feel- Oh yeah. No. Well like for me, bro, uh, do you know Stetson? He's a Hardings. Uh I kinda I think I've seen it. He's been on your story. Like, yeah. And dude. you know, uh, Hudson, the guy that does the, um, he, he does the podcast with me. He's in the Marines. And then my other friend, Devin, uh, he plays basketball line college. But like, that's like my, like you said, like, those are your two, like, that's my three, like, that's like my core friend group. And yeah. like, like you said, like, they know you better than you know yourself. Like, yeah. I don't remember what it was, but bro, like last weekend, like we all went to the gym and we worked out. That's like, I don't know if you and John ever do that when y'all are in town, but like, we always go to the gym. I, I, with John, bro, I don't, I remember there was, I don't, I can't, if I'm in town, he's in town, I don't know if there's a time, like, growing up, there, we couldn't take us from the gym, it would be right. me, Jonathan, and my other close friend, Tim Caesar, and we'd be in the gym just for three, four hours, but yeah. Dude, yeah, like, well, like, like, it's just funny to, you, to me, because, like, like you said about, like, you need people in your life that, like know you better than you know yourself because like I remember I don't remember when it was I it was last weekend I guess uh we all hung out uh because it was Stetson's spring break we all went up to Harding we worked out we ate Mexican and then we watched a movie we watched Uncharted and it was yeah. just super fun uh we had some other people come too but like it was super fun and it, bro I just I needed that time away from school because I'm in track and basketball and it's really been exhausting and I haven't talked about it but yeah. like I just needed that time away just to like, uh, you know, like a lot of people, here's the thing. Have you ever heard people say like, um, I got God and that's all I need. Like, like. That was it. Then God wouldn't have made companions. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. No, no. I'm just saying like that, that's, that statement's kind of, you know, out there. Well, I've just heard. Yeah. No, I've heard so many people say that, but, but, um, you know, like God made us to be with other people. And I think kind of like um, getting into your word and that refresher, um, obviously nothing matches that. But, you know, especially like as athletes in college, like you just need that time away sometimes, like yeah. to grief and just to, like you said, be around people that know you better than you know yourself. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, bro, this has been awesome. This uh, I've loved the conversations. I've loved um just talking about your faith and who you are and how you're so much more than a basketball player um and if you got to remember truth lie hey speak scripture when you're talking because that's what matters most Isaac you got anything before we go no I man I appreciate you for the time uh obviously I know this podcast is blessed I know you're I know you're going to do amazing things and I just appreciate you again for having me on the podcast uh once again like just having you as a friend having you as someone that I can definitely come to for godly counsel and advice and just add in, you know, another person that has wisdom like you do. Like, I appreciate you because, you know, obviously when I was going through what I was going through for schools and transferring, like you were there for me mm-hmm. and then be able to do the same, you know, for you, if you have any questions or anything like that. But I just want to thank you for having me on the podcast. You know, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your family. I'm praying for you know, your your success going on. I know this podcast will definitely take off. Uh, I know you'll be able to, you know, lead lives to, to Christ and, and obviously further the kingdom through this. So I just like thank you again. 
Uh, it's probably one of my favorite interviews, if not my favorite that I've had. You know, we got way more than basketball, which is, you know, sure. so I just want to thank you. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. Well, I'll be praying for you too, man. Uh, I'm thankful for you, man, because like a lot of people know a little bit, but whenever I was going through the process of, uh, you know, transferring from ASU and, uh, you know, having really, I mean, of course I had the offers that I had before, but I just didn't know where I was going. And, uh, and Isaac actually gave me some of the best advice I've ever heard. He said, go where you're wanted the most. And uh, of course, and it was funny because you were like, you don't have to listen to me. I'm a 20 year old. Uh, you need to listen to God. But that's the thing. I think when you have people that say you need to listen to God, like that's when you know, like you should probably listen to those people. <laughs> but, uh, so. but no, you were, man, you were really there for me when I was in a rough time. And uh, I'm just, I'm thankful to know that uh, we can be here for each other and hopefully uh, be wise counsel for each other. And uh, I just, man, I'll be praying for you too, of course. And I thank you for your time, brother. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. See you guys. Are y'all?